Isn't it unusual how different they taste? How just straight up different they actually do taste. Uh, whiskey is 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 one of the to me it's one of the great wonders of the world. The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by McDurs American Whiskeys and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. I am Fred, and we we. What a past week it's been. Thanks to you, I cracked into the Apple Podcast Top 10 of Music. Thank you so much for downloading, and a big shout-out to Podcast One, my new podcast partner, for the incredible support. Thank you all are all so awesome. And once again, if you have been listening to this show and you haven't reached out to me for a sticker, hit me up on fredminnick.com. I want to make sure you have a sticker to put on your laptop car or your neighbor's front porch when they're not looking. Hey, whatever, wherever, whatever you want to do with it, just please don't use the sticker in any kind of criminal activity. I don't want to get called in and saying, hey, we understand you send stickers out to people. Um, um, who's this guy? Yeah, my old age, my graying hair, and I, I'm trying to spend as little as time in the in the police department as possible. If I do show up, I'm usually picking up a friend. But they pay me back on bail money. That is true. They will always pay me back on bail money. But anyway, this week is a great episode. Last year, as you may recall, I had uh, Sean Crahan, our clown from Slipknot, on the show. That ended up being my number one downloaded, most viewed uh, podcast of uh, 2020. Nearly 400,000, just shy of 400,000 downloads and total views for that episode. And it continues to be picked up and shared in heavy metal uh, websites and rock magazines because Clown really opened up talking about what it was, what, how he would react if someone took his mask, if he could ever see a time when Slipknot would take off, you know, get rid of the mask and what the mask means to him. And so, when I interviewed him, we spent a, a few hours together last year, and when I interviewed him, uh, we actually blended a bourbon together and, uh, at Cedar Ridge, Iowa, in, in, uh, at the distillery there, and I've always wanted to do something with it. I've been waiting for the, for the right moment, and now that I'm within the Podcast One Network... I wanted I wanted to bring this up. I wanted to bring the uh, the blending exercise, and it was so much fun. And you can you can watch this on YouTube as well as well if you want to go and see us actually doing the blending. But you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot about Clown's personal tastes and what he looks for in things. And we talk a lot about food and um, a lot about whiskey, of course, and the exercising of blending. That being said, there's not a whole lot of music that we talk about, so I pulled out a little sliver of um, the episode from last year that I really liked, and what I found interesting in this is he talked about how the band The Cars in, has influenced uh, uh, Slipknot, and you know that's just a little bit of it, but it, more than anything... Clown really, really goes off on the. He really goes off on the music, the, the music business. So if you're a suit in the music business, uh, you may want to skip past the the next ten minutes of this interview, because Clown is straight slinging it your way. So enjoy this quick uh, excerpt from last year's interview, and then we'll get into the blending exercise with Clown. 
But first, a word from our sponsors. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single-barrel and small-batch whiskey. Hard made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291ColoradoWhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller Dan McKee and our master of maturation Andrea Wilson say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Do you look at your uh, what you all do as more of art than, say, hard rock or heavy metal? It's a really good question. It's uh, This is the, the question for, for the clown. It wasn't until five years after my, you know, my partner, Paul Gray, died that I realized he was the one that was wanting the art from me. He is the one who said, hey, what you do is different from what we're going to go do. And if you continue to do that, I will continue to write music that's different. We will all continue to do what we do to make our own thing. And, you know... Am I the biggest metal fan in the world? I'm not a big any music genre in the world. Music is my God. I might need jazz tonight on the way home. I might need classical. I might need something. I don't know. Um, but I'm try- I have always only believed it's art. Because writing music is art. Arranging, choosing mm-hmm. a... Uh, a key to write the song in, lyrics, prose, you know, conducting, arranging, prose, performing music. So I, I have never approached this band as anything else but art. And I still can't think about it as anything else but art. But there are other people that I'm sure would sit here and say, no, we are nothing but music. And I, I would agree. I, I don't have a problem with that. But you're asking me, 
And I honestly have never looked at anything. And I think anyone around me would tell you, I try to make the dressing room art. Yeah. I try to make the buses art. I try to make the way our tour manager picks plane tickets art. I try to live in a world of our imagination and nothing else because it's a lot funner than living this world's behavior, you know? I want to get out of this world's behavior and live in the imaginary sense. So for me, it's always been nothing but art. And I feel like that's a big reason why it's been allowed to move so liquidly uh, through, through, through the years instead of just being posted as, you know, a, a hard rock band or a heavy metal band. Mm -hmm. You know, th it's so much more. It has so much more spirit so much more love, so much more pain, so much more religion than just some hard rock band playing the circuit and giving away all our publishing and everything to some label that hides, you know, a bank that hides under the name a label. And, you know, I do what I want. I always have. And what I like to do is art. And that's a very loose, I hate using that word. And I use it a lot. But I use it because it defines what Corey Taylor does. Mm -hmm. It defines what Jim Root and Mick do. It defines what I do. And it, and it goes further. Yes, you play guitar, but you also perform. You're running around. You, know, you help to arrange. You help write. It's just one giant focus of art. Well, when I first listened to uh, We Are Not Your Kind, I could not stop listening to the whole album. In fact, I can't listen to a single song without listening to, you know, from beginning to end in much the same way that Pink Floyd, The Wall, is to me, like, I have to listen to that whole album when I, when I listen to it. When, when, when you were writing that, um, did, did you have that in mind, or did the, did the songs just kind of come, come to you and just... It's been a together? journey. It's been a journey. You know, we, we did our third album with Rick Rubin, and I remember having a conversation with Rick about if you want to do a double album... Um, you know, I've always had thoughts of doing a double album. There's never been like an official metal double album, you know, but you know, the business of CDs are, is almost done, you know? So it's like, it's a hard business to get into when all I want to do is write songs. So Rick told me in order to do something like that dream, you would have to have 70 plus songs, 70 to 80 minimum to create two discs of the best conceptual ideas together. Um, so I'm always thinking that and I employed the idea of let's write while we're off instead of, you know, Corey going to do Stone Sour and other people going to do things, you know, taking the break, physically getting better, spiritually, mentally, getting away from each other, let, getting bored, getting ready to do Slipknot. I'm like, let's just do Slipknot. And in order to do that, we had to have a lot of acceptance, but we did. All of our family said yes and encouraged it. And then even better from there, we were the, the philosophy is to be able to take time and say, what does this song mean? I need a week. You know, I need to fly back home, listen to this song, not be pressured to come up with it right now and just get it out. It's not mm -hmm. happening. So we were able to really spiritually find out what the songs mean to each other and to us and in relation to each other. But more importantly, parts in the song, what are they reminiscent of? Oh, this is very reminiscent of the cars. Why? Because I love music. And I can, I can sort of, it's not the cars, but it, it's reminiscent of the cars. I know. Let's listen to the cars together. Okay. 
We're listening to the cars. Wow, they used reverb on this part. Maybe that's what we're missing. Let's do it our way. Let's not reproduce, you know, moving in stereo by the cars, the effects and these things, but let's be inspired by the music we're blessed to have had in our life that is the God to me. And it's boiling in my brains anyway, all these things. It's, it's, it's a matter of having the time to suss it out, to, to, to have the epiphany to go, let's add a reverb here, or let's do gang vocals, or let's go outside and get some car, you know, whatever it is. Um, that was a pure ingredient to this recipe, We Are Not Your Kind, is to take the time and acknowledge what everything is. What does this chorus mean? What does it mean spiritually? Mm-hmm. What, what, what is it? What tempo is it? What's it doing? What would Mozart do? You know, would he, would he laugh at it? Would he let it be? Would he take it further? Would he bury the intellectual content so far it's going to take a century to understand? I mean, that's what, where we got to go, and that's what we got to do. There were 22 songs written and 25 intro, outro, segue, interlude mm-hmm. sort of things. <clears throat> and we wound up with what? Uh, 11 songs or something can't remember I think it's 11 songs and three of them are like little arty things so you you know you're really down to fewer songs but what 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 we learned is that you know quit worrying quit worrying about getting it done and oh we only have these songs recorded so let's put it together this time it was like we have 25 what is the recipe to make sure people listen to it from the beginning to the end it's like making a Big Mac you know, there's so many sesame seeds on that top bun. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it ain't a Big Mac bun. You know <laughs> no. what I'm saying? Right. It's perfect. The yep. granules of salt. We're interested in that. But we're only interested in it because I don't want to be told by the money men and the people for their fast profits and their interest returns, whatever it is their lame life is, I signed up to have albums sold and I expect them to sell them. That's it. Do your job and get away from me. What I want to do is I want to blow my brains out in, in a studio with people that are like-minded and I want to dig in to the subconscious, to the soul and, 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 and rally those ideas and those temperatures and those colors and have the courage to be able to communicate them and then physically touch them you know, through, through an audio recording. You know, play, boom, there's our brains. So we, we stayed the course, we, we let things marinate and and the only way to do that is to go write go home put it away do family put it on here and there listen to it all of a sudden i'm getting a mcdonald's boom i know you know acquire you can't just get that forcing you know the stones didn't do that no one does that no no one does but the good albums uh the ones that are legendary gold bin stuff that you and i still listen to pink floyd the wall i mean why anybody today on earth isn't trying to make this caliber of music mm-hmm. is insane. And I will tell you, the business is in the way a little bit. It's in a way, especially with the internet. And I recorded 96, you know, 1,000 kilohertz, and they, 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 they cut it right in half, 44, one to put it on a disc. It's already garbage, you know? When we have the ability to stream music in 96, and you can hear it just like I'm hearing it in the studio. Highest resolution. 
I could sell that, but you think the business people want to do that? No, they want to sell you and I a shitty MP3 with their compression that they don't even tell us. I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on an album. I hand it over to all the usual suspects. They put their own codec on it, their own compression, won't even tell us, put it out. It's a glorified MP3 at best. This is the business I'm in. This is the high, you know, let's go. Let's just, let's slug off the brain, you know? But that's all right. I mooch off of them. I use them to their dying day, all their blood. And most of them are gone. You know, most of them are all gone. They, they go from this label to that label, practicing the same aspects. But I'm still here. And so what we're trying to employ now is being able to give in my birthright to sit and marinate on what I'm creating, not being told what I've created and, or what we've created. It's like we're telling people, we're creating this, we need this, and I'm not quite sure of what this is yet. And it, I don't, can't tell you when it's going to come, but I'm going to work on it. You, you have my promise. I'm not just holding us over the coals. I'm getting up every day looking for the ingredients to this recipe. So it's an honor for you know me to hear from you that it's one of those albums because we really did work towards this after so many years of having to facilitate a schedule and 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 a a quarterly you know uh, it's, you know whatever labels want need in their quarters and oh man I just we want to make art that's all we want. I really love that energy that Clown brought in that interview. And if you want to listen to that interview in its entirety, uh, you will find that in past episodes. Uh, it was from uh, you know early last year. So just scroll through past episodes and you'll find the, the Clown episode. And man, I, I tell you what, like I, I love Slipknot. But I love Sean, the human being, uh, I think even more. I got to got to know him, and he's just such an incredible, incredible human. And I really thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed my time with him. But I think you will see why or hear why I enjoyed so much time with him is because what we are about to do here, and that is a blending exercise where we were taking all of these different uh, bourbons and ryes and blending them to create our own special unique batch which i don't think anything ever came of it it just happened to be we were you know drinking a lot together and it was just a great time uh and i i've always wanted to share this so now here we are and i'm finally getting to uh you know show off a little blending exercise uh with you and the reason why i did not release this until uh, until now uh, more than a year later is we we recorded this in the very early phases of COVID before we even knew what COVID was, and it was recorded in in, in like late February uh, 2020, and we are sitting really close together, and we are sharing glasses and we're pouring and all this, and I didn't want to send the you know, of course we were both fine neither one of us got COVID you know at that time, uh, so knock on wood. Uh, so, but that's why I didn't want to send the wrong message that we were just kind of hanging out, still drinking whiskey like that. When in fact, this was all done before all of that stuff was even, even out. Uh, so that's why I held on to it for so long, but now, uh, I'm very excited to share this and I cannot wait, 
uh, to do this again with Clown. And I think you'll know why after you listen to this episode. Again, if you want to watch it, head on over to YouTube where you can see it in person. So here we go. Giddy up. We're about to blend a whiskey. I'm with Clown from Slipknot. Clown, what's up, man? What's happening? Are you ready to taste some whiskey and uh, and blend it? I am. Now, we are actually in the warehouse where they store all the Cedar Ridge uh, cases, to include your uh, your uh, number nine and number nine reserve, which is right behind it. And we're surrounded by barrels that will be used for Slipknot's whiskey, uh, number nine, their next release. Which will, when will the next release come out? I am not too certain, but I know everything's moving now. Everything's yeah. in the process. Um, I don't have all those uh, exact times, but it's 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 happening the, right the, now. The the locomotives in motion, but that thing sells out pretty quickly. It does. It yeah. does. Uh, obviously, it takes some time to make. Uh, it's special. It's different, and uh, becomes kind of a necessity, I guess. Yep. So what we have here, we have, uh, we have, so their whiskeys are a blend of bourbons and rye made here in Iowa at the Cedar Ridge Distillery. And these are blends of straights. This is a rising category. You may know uh, High West Boo Rye, you know, being one of the front runners of the category. Uh, you've got Barrel Bourbon doing a lot of this category in this category. And in my opinion, this is one of the, the best, the, the most rising stars and all of the kind of like the blending and the craft distilling movement at Cedar Ridge. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to have fun. We're going to, you know, maybe come up with a, with a formula for the next number nine, just a little experiment. You know, there's no there's no promises here, but I know Clown and I are going to drink whiskey that was just pulled from the barrel. So over here, we have the two bourbons. And over here, we have the two rice. Now, I didn't ask you this before, but are you okay drinking after me? Of course. Okay. I mean, I don't have cooties or anything. No, no, no. I, I might. <laughs> no, the whiskey, of course not. The whiskey kills everything anyway. Everything and anything. It does. So. The whiskey actually kills stuff. So, so you want to, are we the same here? And, yeah, so and? these are the two bourbons. Okay. You, you taste those. And so here's, uh, so let's go through like a little bit of like the, the, what we're thinking about going into the the blend the idea here is is to find like what you like in this and what you like in these two and let's kind of come up with an idea of like the the percentages of like what could complement one another so it's mm -hmm. a little bit like i guess like when do you when do you have like you know drums and guitar at the same time and vocals at the same time and when do you let the vocals like own the stage or when you let the drums own the stage yep. this kind of it's very similar absolutely so both both are art and um let's do this all right are we trying the same one no we are right now we are trying different ones so okay right i am trying i'm trying the two rise and i'm going to make some notes in my head about what i like about them okay. and, and find out what and i like about the these two, two bourbons then i'm going to try the two rise that's and right try the two bourbons all yep. right we're and in. then we'll we'll get back together all right Damn, I almost want that barrel by itself. Can we do that? Can we just say, you know, exercise over? We just want that barrel? I don't know. We might have to come look for us in a month. <laughs> Still tasting that other one. It's 
not going away easy. You know, that's a, that's a good sign of a great finish. That's what I'm saying. It's not it's not even close to taking off yet. Wow. I got to give it its due. <clears throat> I got to work on my legs. Yeah. The, the key for me, like these glasses are specialized for whiskey. Just kind of hold them there. A little swirl. It's amazing. And look at that. The, the Straight out of the barrel, it's the same kind of uh, pattern that we saw on the other release. Okay. So that rye for me was, was, was both of these ryes are absolutely delicious. So they're winning on the rye world. Those are fantastic. They're very, um, I hate using the word strong. You know, yeah. I hate I hate using that word, but it's just a uh, it's a word that's been in my life forever with mm. you know, with uh, this sort of thing. But stronger for me usually is better because stronger can mean also taste, mm -hmm. overwhelming taste. It mm -hmm. doesn't just mean wow, that's a lot of alcohol. And it's very strong, and that strong to me means all the things. So like so the. I think one of the things that, that may help you, like as you are, you know, trying to find new descriptions, if you will, is like, is where it, what kind of strength is it? Is it a spice yes. or right. is it and like this one, mm -hmm. this one here, I'm this bourbon's very sweet to me. Um, God, God, it's like a maple syrup it's, on the nose. It's insane. And this one is very spicy. Um, this one particularly hit the back of my tongue and is staying there almost like a fight. You know what I mean? So mm. I, I feel this bourbon is a lot more spicier. This is uh, what I prefer mainly. This is kind of like where I'm at um, in taste and strength and all that stuff. All right. You know what's crazy is like when you, when you taste something like this and then you blend it with one of these guys, that can get lost. Yeah. You know, this this yeah. one has some delicacy to it. Very delicate. These are a lot different. So different to me. Wow. See, I prefer I prefer my corn mainly. Isn't it unusual how different they taste? How just straight up different they actually do taste. Uh, whiskey is 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 one of the to me it's one of the great wonders of the world, because you can have two barrels filled on the same day of the same wood, the same mash bill, put them right next to each other, and they'll taste completely different. That little bit of like microscopic airflow can have an influence, and uh, yeah, we have so these two, these two are very you know the same everything, but. It's they're night and day from one another. Same here. Like these these rides are they're very similar, but they're night and day. They are they are night and day. Again, this one drier to me, mm -hmm. dry, um, little little spicy. I didn't get sweetness mainly out of either one of these rides. I really pick up on my sweetness when the corn's involved. I don't know if that's because I've trained myself or. You know, corn is such a part of all of our lives, corn syrup, you know, from beverages to everything. So I'm really prone to understand that a lot. 
um, still trying to get in between there on all of it. Mm -hmm. But I, I definitely prefer the bourbon. So let me let me do this. Let me go for what for a blend here that I think is going to appeal mm -hmm. to you. But I need to I need to get a little bit sure. understanding of like what you don't like. Okay, like, we can it, do this easy. Is easy. there uh, what kind of spices do you not like? <clears throat> That's an interesting question. I like that right off the bat because there isn't a single spice that I don't like. Mm. Um, I love spice. Okay. I'm a, I will eat ghost peppers, but I, I don't like any spice that is just proving to you you can't eat it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I want to use a ghost pepper in its native form in a recipe the way it was designed to do. So I I love all spice. And I prefer spice that um, I like heat and spice that will go away rather quickly instead of like, you know, you take like an Asian chili oil can be with you forever you know that sort of spice so i prefer a spice that hits shows its face and gets away and allows the other flavors and other things so you're not just punishing yourself okay. for one ingredient what kind of sweets do you not like uh, again great question and again i don't know what sweets i don't like uh <laughs> um uh sweets my favorite sweets Sugar, heavily sugar-based sweets, overwhelming. I like rich, 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 rich sweet. Um, yes, I'll eat a cookie and let's just get our general sweet tooth out. But i rather take one or two bites of something that is uncomprehendable and too sweet to put down in you and just enjoy one or two and take away that and go, my God, that was just okay. an amazing thing. Just can't eat it all. Okay. Now, last question on like what you don't like. Are there any nuts you don't like? Great. Best question. So I hate nuts. Hate them. However, I have diverticulitis, which nuts, uh, nuts are not good for. So that's some of my hatred. It's just a physical thing. Mm. But growing up, uh, uh, growing up, I was always like, why do you make something creamy and chewy and then interrupt it with something my brain thinks might break a tooth? Like, I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to do both in my palate. But as I got older, about five years ago, I really started appreciating nuts. My, my, my um, palate changed and I found myself eating almonds and pecan, all these nuts that my parents would bust and I'd be like, get what are you guys doing? I just I never got it, but I do understand nuts are very buttery and robust, and uh, and I love that because I have I have a really um, sensitive palate. Um, so it's nuts are something I always wanted to love, mm -hmm. but just never could because. But this finally is the thing that incorporates nuts that I don't have to chew. Okay. See what I'm saying? So, so you don't mind that? I don't, and okay. I, I am Because this has a, a really prominent nut note. Nope. Yep. So I was going to dismiss that from my blend. You could, though. You could, though, because I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. I'm still learning, and, I, and, and honestly, if I were out, um, I'll tell you right now, I would always go for something more sweeter. Okay. Because, one... Um, you know, I don't know how much you talk about this or what it is, but I think it's I think it's a fair thing to bring up, especially with all my fans and stuff. I mean, 
most people never get to the point where they could sit down here and have intellectual conversations on the recipe. Yeah. So, you know, you go to a bar, you want a drink, you get, you know what I mean? So it's like, for me, I'm still learning. So I would prefer the, the non, you know, nut one, but I'm also trying to get to the point where I can appreciate that excellent recipe on something I didn't try. Mm -hmm. So maybe take it out, maybe don't take it out. I think brainwashed, if I was in a place, what's your sweet, what do you have, you know? Okay. But I'm trying to get this palate more uh, to not um, deny myself the better things in life. That's, that's great. Well, we do have four really nice <clears throat> things to play with here. And um, this may surprise you on my first one. This is actually going to be my base. Okay. And you said- I was gonna say, this might be too sweet. Yeah, well, the thing is, is this, I feel like, and I'd have to play with it a little bit more, but I feel like this, this whiskey, which is delicate, it's soft, it has the potential to get lost. Like one of these guys can override it. So I think that might be like a touch. You're absolutely right. They, they would very quickly override it, I think. So I think this guy right here is going to, and this is a super scientific. We got our beakers here. I'm going to... Uh, I think I failed biology, anatomy. I, I, Any sort of science at all, I <laughs> super failed. So I'm going, going now, to go forward. Which one did you get? Uh, uh, now you got a rye. Yeah, now we're going to the rye, just a little you, bit. What did you think this one was based off of mostly, that one? Uh, I, I thought that was this one was very uh, nut forward. I thought it had a lot of almonds okay. in it. So we got a spice to start with, so we, then a little bit of nut. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I was going to come back in here with this, this guy. And now this is going to be my... And what what was that guy though? What was he? Uh, that that one was for you. This one was very rye bread, so this was like to me like in a in a in a traditional rye form. Like I felt and, like I was rye and, bread. Toasted. And that's interesting. I would never butter a piece of rye bread. Really? I would just never eat rye bread uh, because it's so much. You know what I mean? It's like a quarter piece of it, excellent, but it's so big. You know, it's and so... don't we normally put use rye for like our Sandwiches, rye is great with sandwiches. Yeah, the best, pastrami. All right, so that's gonna be that's gonna be blend one. Okay. And now I'm gonna go with this as the base. Mm, that smells really good. Different, surprisingly. You know, you tend to think that alcohol is alcohol, mm -hmm. and like, how can you distinguish any of it? And that's another fascinating thing with me these days. I'm like, you really can. You know, at 14, when you start, <laughs> or at least me, uh, I wasn't really um, thinking I would ever uh, get in there and be able to actually understand. Well, and here, here's, here's the thing. It's like we're, I live in a world where, you know, right now we're trying to fight. It sounds ridiculous, but we're actually fighting for our rights to be able to have uh, a drink, you know, uh, once again. It's like... There, although we're seeing like the legalization of marijuana around the country, you're starting to see people try to regulate alcohol advertising, when and where you can drink alcohol again. You have these health zealots coming out and saying, you know, if you look at alcohol, you might get cancer, you know. But they're, what they're doing is they're, they're using studies of saying like, well, these people who drank 12 drinks a day uh, get cirrhosis. Right. Yeah. Well, of course they got cirrhosis, you know. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to lump in the moderate drinker with uh, problem drinking. And I, I am of the belief that if we learn to respect and if we learn to appreciate and taste alcohol, 
we will start losing the, con the, the problems we have in this country. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how relative it is, but I, I agree because, you know, if you take back the impressionistic painters, you know, they, they were sitting around drinking absinthe mm -hmm. without this idea of like what it was going to do to them or all, you know, they make a thing of it. It was a social drink, one or two, do your thing, whatever. So I agree with you. Sit down, know what you're doing, be responsible, make the right choices for yourself. And, um, Take a little time to understand what it is. Again, my major fascination with what I'm doing is the time involved in making this art is just, like you said, the, the color comes from the barrels. I mean, you, you, you mix it all up in there and heat and time and pressure, but in the end you have something like wood that uh, helps make what it is. It's fascinating, you know? So blend two, try this. blend two's is got the uh, majority of your favorite there, with a touch on something else. Oh, that one's too strong for me. Kind of going on my theory of that. If Ooh, that one, that one's get... serious. Yeah. So what, what's this one based off of again? One this, more time. This one is the base, so the one that you love, the right. kind of more delicate one. And this one, so that was, it was three quarters this and one quarter uh, the one This that, took it over the top. Yeah. That took it over the top. Mm. Definitely, a, definitely a more bourbon or more corn than rye. What's this one? This one starts with uh, with the first rye, and then um, so it's basically you know two thirds this, and then one sixth that, and then one sixth that. I think that would I don't know if I'm not good with math, but it's close. Good. Not a. Uh, I still gotta get my words. Still pretty heavy on this end. Mm -hmm. this end which is just harder for me to drink in the sense of tasting and smelling because mm -hmm. it's so sensitive to the strength mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah so i think what we learned here is that the best base for you in because this was your favorite right yep. the first one was your favorite yep. Yep. so the best base for you is this bourbon so my guess is if we we do this we make that the base, and we just put a little. This was your second favorite. Uh, yes, this one down here. Yeah. This one was too much, and it was uh, this one and that one. So my thought here is, is that this that will be kind of like a flavoring. This will be like a kind of polishing whiskey there, but I think that this right here, and I haven't tasted any of these. We've been trying to dial in your palate. I think this would be probably, from what we have here, this would probably be the perfect whiskey for you with what we have potentially on the table. Mm, I love the smell already. That's interesting that like we could do this like this, you know, yeah. just some different uh, proofs and um, um, you and, wouldn't, you, you know, if you're 18, is, you're like, no. <laughs> you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, but getting older is better. I found that my self with that with cigars as well man uh, oh i love cigars uh you know 
a Cuban is much different than. Uh, yeah, they make good cigars in Cuba. Mm. I think you're right. Wow. So for me, a lot of it is that last bit that hits mm -hmm. that that determines if I'm staying on or not. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. one, um, that's not as strong. I, again, I, I hate always bringing it up that way, but you know, um, the strength of this one is better than this first one, and I like that one better. But yeah, this is a perfect blend. I think uh, so. We had we started with a rye base. So no, the, we started the, with the, the spice. Yeah. Base. So the so the so the the um, the base for this one was the uh, bourbon number two or the spicy bourbon, and uh, this was the secondary um, in it. And this was the the little bit of the bourbon, the first bourbon, the sweeter one was kind of the polishing one. And here's the thing. We could add water to all these right, exactly. to cut it down to the exactly. 99 proof, which your reserve number nine is, and they would all taste differently. Yeah. So, yeah. and that is the that is the art of blending. It is. I'm uh, I'm interested in um, okay. yeah, get in there and try this one. Try those two. These two are okay. I mean, they're great, but I mean, we're doing our personal. Mm. So try those two and see which one you like. Oh, that's going to be hard to beat. <laughs> this is really good. That's good. <laughs> How many days it. a week do you do this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do it responsibly. <laughs> no, of course, of course. But um, I, I love that this is your job because you have a handle on it. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like I, I, I'm very, very fortunate. So my, my background, I got home from a tour in Iraq. And the only job I could get was as a food writer. And uh, when you write about food, you eventually write about alcohol. And I started writing about bourbon in 2006, and nobody was really writing about it on the national stage from on the magazines, like trying to go outside of the whiskey world. So I was writing for anybody who would let me. And they just, then I got a book, and then another book, and I kept writing, and it just kept going. You know? Wow, good for you. I love it. Wow. Ooh. That's a hard one. Those are both this, delicious. This this would be, if we had to do both, I could do this one during dinner, but I'd end dinner with this one. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the, you told me about your boat once. Yeah. That's my boat. You're, take, sure. you're taking that on the boat. For sure. The first for sure. one. Yeah. And there's not many people on the boat, you know? That's when things change with this. That's when I really get into it. Oh, the Rye Ford ones, definitely. Definitely different. Do, are these the other two here? Well, these are the, these were the samples. Samples. Yeah. So this was the... That was the first bourbon. And where's the second one, that, right here? Um, yes. Okay, so these are the other two that you made. Mm -hmm. And this would be a Rye. See if you like either one of them more than... Um, the first one. I think this was actually, this was the bourbon here. No, I like the first one the best. And then probably one of the rye's just slightly over that one. But you like rye a lot? I like rye, but I don't like I don't I don't like the the the, the last 15 years trend of rye where it's like biting into a dill pickle. 
Uh, rye has a tendency to when you over ferment it, it can taste a lot like dill. Okay. Where so it's basically like getting a dill pickle and drinking the pickle juice. Hmm. You know. So there are a lot of brands. You can taste that. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, uh, you you can too. I guarantee you. Like I can. It's just they. It's just what they do. They just have something that's fermented too much, and well, they. It's just the. It's their style. Um, it's to me, in my opinion, it's the way they ferment, uh, and then distill. But they sure. put a lot of their whiskey out in the market. It's a Indiana distillery called uh, now called MGP, but the brand that people most recognize is called Bullet Rye, and it tastes like a, a dill pickle. Mm. You know, it's very dill forward, and let me tell you, there are times I want dill. You know, like I want that. And then there's another distillery in Tennessee called George Dickel that has a Flintstone vitamin note. Okay. And that wow. and that comes from like um, <coughs> like using enzymes in their fermentation. So every a lot of distilleries do end up getting like a like a house profile, <clears throat> and it's like it's interesting. Like I Cedar Ridge has developed a house profile for me. But it's not necessarily on taste. It's more on like the mouthfeel. Like the way they feel in my mouth is is very, very unique. All their barrels, all their whiskeys. I would say that too. That, that was something that was uh, that I caught on the first time I came. I was telling my wife, I was like, does it make sense that it's different in my mouth? I said that exact same. I'm like, does, it's just a liquid and it's just an alcohol, but is does it make sense that it was different in my mouth? And maybe, you know, we don't, we don't, we're learning all these things, but I agree with you there. Awesome. I agree with you. And a lot of what I've drank in my life, I could, I could put on categories, you know, I mean, after really dialing in with this stuff and really being interested and trying to learn, mm-hmm. um, it's really helped me with everything. I, I take food differently now because of this. That's awesome. Know? And I've met a lot of people that come to our signings and they're very serious like yourself mm-hmm. and, I learned from them, and uh, people are really, really, um, they got great, nothing but great things to say. Well, do you remember when we were at uh, the Louder Than Life Festival, and we were on stage, and Just we pouring it down people's pouring throats. Pouring down their throats, and people were asking, like, what's the mash bill? What's your fermentation temperature? Believe me. I, I'm just like, listen, <laughs> listen, I know you guys want all this for me, and you think I know already, but just chill out. I'm learning, so I mean that—that's another uh, big percentage of what I'm doing here. Again, if people really want to know why I got interested to begin with, I'm never money never drives me to do anything, mm. you know. But my dad always told me anything worth doing is worth doing for money. So you take it, you know, you take it seriously, and you make it a business. And if it works out, it works out. But my my sole purpose of getting involved was the time that it takes to make this product. Wow. I I I can't help but admire that. The mm-hmm. the, the hours and the preparation, the things that come in, the things that got to get made, and just the people. And then there's a danger factor. I mean, got to take care of a stills, you know what I mean? And yeah. we were talking about fire today and mm-hmm. uh you know, the owner was basically like if it starts on fire, it's not you're not putting it out. And yeah. like I went in a whole thing for a minute. I was just like went to apocalypse now and thought about napalm and fire and all this stuff. And I was like, this stuff is so serious. Yeah. And so 
like we made it humans made it and it's just so interesting to me and then the fact that it you know doesn't become what it is until this the barrels and that's that's just a cool artistic thing you know so that was my first love is like anything that just i mean look at these things they just sit here on the ground Mm -hmm. and they just take up little space but every day you walk in that thing is it's it's becoming alive and i i love that first day they walked me through one of the warehouses and i saw all the barrels they're like we're getting another one down here and i was like man it's wonderful just because it you know i've never done that I've, i've always gone into a store purchased alcohol been to a, an establishment ate partook maybe maybe at a house friends but never to this caliber of understanding literally what it is and mm-hmm. that, that's what's important so well i, I get you're you you are in it now and we are we're in it you're in, in it, it now we're and it. and i'm excited for that i'm Thank excited you. to Thank see you. everything you're gonna contribute to the whiskey world it's just beginning. Uh, it's just it's, beginning. It really is because the more they can teach me, the more I'll offer. Maybe nothing I maybe nothing I offer does anything. But when I do offer it, it'll make them think. When they offer it makes me think. And you know, if we're if we're lucky and it's meant to be, besides the wonderful products that uh, we're doing now, hopefully um, one thing that excites me is that we create a couple more things that we're never in the reality to touch but lingering in our subconscious you know to bring out to all the human conditions so i'm very excited and i'm glad that you are well i don't have people on that i don't think are adding something to like the whiskey conversation and there are a lot of people in the space who start a whiskey and i don't think they're adding anything to the conversation they're just putting their name on a bottle but you my friend, are and you're going through the efforts to uh, learn more and become a part of like the whiskey family. So, grab a glass and let, let, let's toast a little bit here let's to toast, man to Cedar Ridge. Yeah, to, to Cedar Slip Ridge Off, to, to yourself, to everybody being healthy, safe travels, peace. Absolutely. Cheers. Wasn't that an awesome exercise with one of the greatest rockers in the world? Uh, I, I just I just love, love uh, revisiting that again. You know, we held on to this because of, um, you know, because of COVID. And, you know, before before we released this, we didn't even know really what it was or any of that. It was before masks were mandated and, um, you know, social distancing was discussed. I mean, it was before all that stuff. So I didn't want to send the wrong message and put this out because we were so close together uh, and everything. But, you know, that's going to do it for uh, this week's episode. A couple things, you know, make sure you're following me on all the social medias. Uh, make sure you're, you know, give us a give us a good a good review if you get a chance. It helps uh, please the algorithm lords in the podcast space. And, you know, more importantly, just, you know, have fun. Enjoy a bourbon with someone. So have a good time, you know, because that's what this show and what other shows are all about. It's just... Have a good time, man. You know, relax. Have a good time. (laughs) Gosh, I feel like I'm uh, about to go into a self-help mode right now. But anyway, I really appreciate you all downloading again. If you've made it this far and you haven't got a sticker, make sure you hit me up on fredminnick.com. That's fredminnick.com. I'm going to send you a sticker, and you can put it wherever you want. 
But that's going to do it for this week, folks. Be safe out there. No licking handrails, no licking trash cans. Remember, vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by Michter's American Whiskeys and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. For more information on Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.